Cambridge Insider Podcast Time Again. I'm so excited. I'm excited because when I say that it's the Cambridge Insider Podcast Time, my good friend Craig Batson, who I can see on the screen when we record, gives me a massive smile. And that's good news. Batson, how are you, buddy? I, I'm doing good. It's it's nice to be back. You know, um, you just said that you can see me. And uh, I believe our producer, or as you call him, our executive producer, as Dean has put us on YouTube now. Um, so the audience can see me now, too. So that's this little algorithm tip. It, it, it's not much better, but, you know, you got to get out there on every platform. Um, my mustache from the last couple of weeks has got to be there, right? It's gone now, but... <laughs> I never knew I'd be a YouTube star, but here we go. I'm very disappointed that the mustache, 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 how do you say it? <laughs> anyway, that the hair that you grow above your two front teeth is gone. Um, I liked it. I think it sent a very positive message going into the holiday season. But hey, you are in control of your own mustache. mustache. I, I, I appreciate it. I have felt worse since I shaved it. But my wife has been nicer to me. So that's, that's say, also a, important to me. Hey, <laughs> you know, small wins. That's what it's all about. All right. Craig, we've got a nice, uh, we, we've got a, a jam-packed nice show. Um, a few articles that you shared with me that I'd like us to discuss. And then really just to be able to give our listeners some takeaways. So um, let's jump right into it. There's an open doors report that you shared with me. Give our listeners just a little summary of what it is about and, and where we stand on it. Yeah, this is so this is important because as our listeners know, I, I've I've been getting more calls from school officials saying, hey, my board wants a report on what's happening in the international student market. Mm -hmm. And this relates to that. And so the Open Doors uh, released a, a report recently, and this is on the 2019 school year. And Open Doors works in the college market. Um, which does, you know, it, it, it kind of mirrors what's happening in the high school market. Not not perfectly, but a little bit. So this is for the fall 2019, so pre-pandemic. And they released that the number of international students on American campuses decreased 2%. Uh, so that's one of only five years that the number of international students has decreased in America. Um, so that's kind of a, a big kind of shock. Uh, and 2%, that's not really like a, that's not necessarily a small drop when you're talking about, you know, thousands of, of students. All right. So, so listeners, so just to make sure I understand this correct, that's college students um, coming from abroad in the U.S. What does this mean for our listeners who might be tuning in specifically, wanting a little bit more direction on the high school? Yeah. So as the college usually goes to high school, and we also have another study from the Institute of International Education. Uh, this one is free and will be linked in the show notes if everybody would like to read it. Um, feel free to find that or on our uh, anchor.fm Cambridge Network page. And this has shown that the number of students on F1 visas at American high schools has decreased 15% in the last uh, four years. Wow. So that is our specific market. Um, F1 private school visas in the United States, and it's down 15% uh, in four years. I mean, that's 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 a lot. Is that, and you might not have this information with you, does that include this pandemic year or is that pre-pandemic year? 
that is pre-pandemic year. Um, All right, so, so we could we could potentially expect that number to decrease even further had they taken into account the pandemic year. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, so it looks like we're looking at, um, so the numbers from 2019 was down two percent in colleges, and the unofficial numbers for 2020 in college levels, just from a survey, is down 43 percent. Um, so almost well, it's that 20 times as big. So I, I'm not even gonna hazard a guess at the high school F1 uh, visa status. The one thing that we do know is we will get the official numbers because these are released by the State Department because it is released as the total number of F1 visas released. Okay, um, red flag, flag, panic button. I don't know which one to, to either raise or push, but is this um, is this reason to panic? I mean, I don't want our listeners to be listening to these numbers. They are startling, I think, if not unexpected. Where does this leave the industry? What should we be looking at as an industry having heard these numbers? Yeah, there's a, there's a saying that I hear a lot of, um, I think it's an Obama advisor that, that says it, and it's, you know, never, never panic, uh, always prepare, right? So we don't need to be, you know, scared of these numbers. The, the numbers are the numbers, uh, and we need to work hard to prepare for what is going so that we can all be successful. So the first thing that I like to, to, to always focus on is that international students are a major contributor to our nation's economy. Uh, and I, I believe there was a report in, in one of these from NAFSA that had $41 billion that are brought into the United States because of international students. So our government is going to be looking for a way to bring these kids back. So the numbers should begin to rise. Now, what we have to look at is when those numbers rise, they're still going to be smaller and it's going to be a more competitive fight for those students. Okay. I mean, there's been, so, so just before we look at what we should be doing to get ready, maybe as a school partner, um, because there has been a lot of good news of late. I feel like the last week, probably even two weeks, um, when we talk to our China sales teams, our Vietnam sales teams, our Korea sales teams, there's a lot of positivity around um, uh, sort of the political landscape in the US and what that could potentially mean for international education. Um, there's a lot of positivity around uh, a coronavirus vaccine. I've just read right now um, on my news feed that um, you know one of the well, one of the vaccines is looking for emergency authorization to use that vaccine. So those are positive things. Those are things that hopefully will lead to increased travel or the ability to travel once this pandemic is under control. Better relations between countries, as well as uh, better opportunities for new students to be able to get visa. Uh, appointments, you know, be able to get those visa appointments, be able to get an official visa to come to the US to study after they've been accepted by a uh, by a high school. So that's positive news. What should we be doing, considering that it's a 41, 42 billion dollar industry? What should school partners be doing at this stage to, like you say, get ready for when this hopefully in the near future does happen? So I think the, the the most important thing that we're looking at right now is make sure that you're finding ways to keep students in your school community. 
Now that can be that can be through a number of ways. You know, ideally they're in the United States studying at your school and they're going to come back next year. Uh, are they in their home country studying and are they going to come back next year? Are they are they doing their classes? Are you providing them opportunities to be a part of the school community so that when they come back, they don't look at going to a new school because, you know, uh, oh, well, I had a good time at this school. I did it online. It was fine. But now that I'm going back, I guess I could apply to some other schools. Uh, so make sure you find a way to to be accommodating to them, to make sure that they feel like part of the school community. Are you, I'm starting to get, understandably, because uh, our, our listeners are educators first and foremost, I'm starting to get students that aren't succeeding studying uh, in their home countries, mm -hmm. online. And a lot of schools are starting to say, okay, we can't have you stay enrolled at our school because you're not attending classes, you're not doing your homework. That is understandable and we will support you. That is the right decision if somebody's not succeeding. But are you looking at ways to keep them in your school community to maybe get them back when the borders open, maybe get them enrolled to retake that year at the next, uh, at the next uh, fall 2021? Are you, you know, instead of refunding their tuition or any parts that you have, are you saying, hey, why don't we roll that into a deposit to keep them saying that'll be your deposit for fall 2021? All stuff like that to keep kids in your network is most important. Okay, so so it's a big part of, and, and as you talk about that, I'm reminded about a few weeks ago, you and I gave a training about the importance in particular in the Chinese culture about building relationships, building that foundation and how that can help you succeed. So so what I hear a lot from you is build that relationship with the family, with the agent, with the student, so that when the choice comes, they're going to say there's no other place that I want to go because these guys kept me engaged. They kept me in the network. They kept building on that on that relationship with me. Is that is that accurate enough? Exactly, exactly. Okay, so for schools then that, and I know that we have a solution at Cambridge Network, but maybe some of our listeners don't know about this. For schools then that potentially have students um, that are maybe learning, uh, you know, in China in a different time zone that are struggling. What is the solution for a school like that? The students failing, this is not a workable solution. What are schools like that? Or what are the options for schools like that? So a lot of online schools have come up. And Cambridge Network partners with one that's St. Mary's Online Academy. And this is something where it is a school run online in the Chinese time zone and will provide high quality learning experiences and keep these students in the Cambridge Network. And we guarantee that we will not poach the students and try and recruit them to another school. Our goal is having St. Mary's Online Academy being a short-term goal to get the student to study online, stay in the Cambridge network and bring them back to your school in the fall. Okay, so, so some important things about St. Mary's Online Academy that you've said there that I think are important to highlight is, number one, it's, um, it's keeping students engaged. It's keeping students in our network so that they don't find other online options that potentially will take them away from you as a school partner. The second thing I heard you say was that synchronous learning. They're learning in their own time zone. So even though it's an online school with American credits, American high school credits, 
um, they are still learning in their own time zones. So students have the ability to wake up at 8 a.m., go to class online until 3, 4 p.m., and then log off and have a little bit of a normal school existence rather than trying to, you know, stay up until 12, 1, 2 a.m. in the morning to try and attend classes. The third thing that I heard that is very important there is that this is a sort of a short-term solution. These, these credits that they are earning at SMOA, are they transferable? Are students easily able to transfer back into a, a school? Yeah, and, and they're provided through St. Mary's, um, a, a very well-respected school in Medford, Oregon, um, longtime Cambridge Network partner. I know a, a lot of our schools that go on school trips have met people that work there, and it is just a fantastic organization. So they are transferable. It's set up just so the students can go there until your school is ready to take them back. Excellent, excellent. So before we go on to our final point, which is just something that I'd like to discuss, I'm going to have, um, I just want to make a note, I'll have our executive producer, I love to call him that, it's so formal <laughs> and proper, but I'll have our executive producer, Dean, who's now giving me a wide smile. I'll have him post just a little bit of extra information in our show notes on St. Mary's Online Academy or SMOA as we, as we know it, just so that people who are interested can go and read up there um, again. I think at the Cambridge Insider podcast, we try and give you um, transparent information and for you to be able to go and make the decision that's best for, for you as a school. Um, Craig, the last thing that I did want to discuss, given our entire podcast episode today, is um, something that you and I and, and executive producer Dean have discussed in depth. And I had a conversation this morning with the school. Um, uh, I know the two of you had conversations yesterday in meetings. Speak to me a little bit about how important tuition is. Um, we're in a space now, mid-November, Thanksgiving coming up. Typically, schools tend to come out with their approved tuition rates for the following year, beginning of sort of the new year, January, February. Just talk to me briefly about tuition. What's important for schools to focus on, given what we've just discussed? So this is important to know. As the news gets better, as the embassies reopen, as people get vaccinated, as it looks more like schools are going to be operating as, you know, pre-pandemic normal in 2021, in fall 2021, our students are going to start looking at coming and the market's going to open back up again. And that's great news. It's still probably going to be smaller than it was before. And now we need to find ways to make our schools attractive. And now this is going to be the most competitive market that we are going to see potentially ever because of just how many schools are going to be fighting for these students. And you can be the best school in your, in your county, in your city, in your state. If you're the best school in your state, you are then fighting with 50 other states, 50 other schools because the students can go anywhere. So you, we need to look at what we can do to make our schools more attractive and make it so we can succeed. So one of the most important things you can do, and one of the easiest things you can do, is make sure you get your tuition set early so you don't have students playing the guessing game. And not only early, but ideally, we will be saying this, you will be hearing from us, it's gonna be a price competitive market. Mm -hmm. schools are going to need to look and see what they can actually charge because in 2016 
for the 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 sixteen percent decline or six percent decline, um, you could charge whatever you wanted, and now you can't. Yep. And that's just a fact. And now in a world where a Chinese family can go online and easily look up, well, the domestic tuition's fifteen thousand dollars. Why am I paying twenty seven? And if you can't justify that, then then they're just going to go somewhere else. And so we need to start looking at what is a realistic price for our schools or what benefits are we providing that make the price that we're charging worth it. And that's what that's what Cambridge Network is doing with our price transparency. And that's what we're hoping our schools can do. Um, So set your price, let your boards know and you know give them this podcast they can you know listen i steven dean myself we're all happy to meet with board members i have a presentation that i'm giving uh i'm meeting with the boards the weekend after uh thanksgiving to give them a presentation about what's happening so that they understand that if we want to be competitive in this market that this is what we have to do so that's my suggestion appreciate it i think that's uh that's again that's transparent information um but very necessary so schools if you haven't started thinking about this if you haven't had discussions about it do it don't outprice yourself um like craig said this is a competitive market there's two thousand plus high schools that are looking for students what sets you apart um and as always if you do need direction guidance on what should i be charging as a school reach out to your uh, Cambridge Network Program Manager. We're experts in the field. We've been in this business for many, many years, making sure that schools can be successful. We're happy to jump on a call. We're happy to talk to boards, um, and we're happy to get you to a price point where you can be competitive. And Mr. And Batson, just one, just one last thing on this uh, is, as we had our conversation with Sasha, our sales uh, team member, three things that are the most important aspects of uh, selling a, a school. You got the location. We can't change that. You got the educational outcomes, where your kids go to school. That can be changed, but it's very slow. It takes years to do. And really, you know, hopefully all of our schools are top tier schools and then price. And so that's the one that we really have control over. Um, we're, we're happy to work with you on marketing, but that's not going to be one of the top three things. Excellent. I heard Tiger Woods last week uh, during one of his better rounds at the Masters event saying you've got to control the controllables. So make sure that you control the things that are within your control. Mr. Baxter, excellent. I think uh, I leave this episode with a optimistic mindset because I think we've given some really good information and I ho- hope that our listeners will um, you know, take this to heart and, and have these important discussions. Any final thoughts as we head into the uh, into the weekend, into the end of this episode and into Thanksgiving? I'm going to say let's have a great Thanksgiving. I'm staying home. I, I'm spending time with my family, um, my, my immediate family, and I, th- we can see the light at the end of this tunnel. We can see the light at the end of the, the, the COVID tunnel. We can see the light at the end of the student recruitment downturn. Um, let's maintain some positivity. It, it, it's pretty hard out here sometimes in 2020, but we got, what, 41 more days left of 2020. So let's let's get through this. Let's see the bright turns. It's always darkest before dawn. And let's let's go. Let's, let's recruit students. Let's build our, our, our schools back up. Let's build the Cambridge, uh, continue to keep it grow, and let's see some success. 
Absolutely. Well said again. You've said you've said some profound things this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm also very impressed by your quick math. The 41 days before the end of the year was very quick math. I would never have been able to do it. So well done on that. <laughs> Just an update on the on the podcast. I know we are going into um, Thanksgiving week. Uh, episodes will continue to be uh, broadcast or, um, you know, you'll find your newest episode every Monday. Uh, myself, Craig, executive producer, Dean, will continue to push through, be resilient and work. So, you have a piece of turkey in the hand. You, you're digging into the green bean casserole. I'm trying to think of American dishes. Um, you know, <laughs> put your put the podcast on. Make sure that you know if you do have immediate family that haven't been exposed to the podcast, let them have a listen. They might they might just be impressed. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, leave us comments. Have a look at the show notes. Um, and a happy Thanksgiving to everybody that's listening. Uh, we'll catch you at the next episode. Bye bye, everybody. 